This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, Peter, I think this is definitely recording this is time. It, is it? Hang on, let me... Is that is this on? Yeah, hello, is this thing... Right, okay, well... <clears throat> d- disclaimer... It's disclaimer time. Hey, have you ever wanted to hear what a Team Triple Jump podcast sounds like in the ethereal spirit plane? Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll both die one day, won't we? Me and you. But the content won't stop. No, it won't. And here's a preview of what it's going to sound like, because there's been a technical difficulty. A slight technical hitchums Mm. uh, in that our little recording device that we usually sync up with the camera didn't record so we've just got the rough audio from the camera now these podcasts are over an hour long and we couldn't face re-recording the whole thing again and pretending like everything was new information what's your weird news this week ben oh i've literally never heard that before peter so we've done the best we can with the audio hopefully you can bear with us it's just for this week it's a mistake and uh we think it's it is at least listenable triple jump it's listenable. It's oh, I can I can hear them. Uh, yep, yeah, audible. Even if it's just a bit spooky. Yeah. So look forward to some spookums, and uh, we'll return as normal next week. Thank you for your understanding. Or will we? What if we die? We might already be dead. Yeah. Well, we're recording this after the fact, but we might already be dead. I don't know. Hmm. I'm dead inside anyway. Time so. publishing. Anything could have happened between now and Saturday. Definitely. Anyway, enjoy, enjoy the episode. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> everybody and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. This is a video game podcast, Peter, where we talk about video games. That's correct. And uh, sometimes well, we've played them as well. Oh, sometimes. You mean right in the middle of the podcast when we do a segment about what we play in. Well, that sounds like a groundbreaking and crazy thing. I don't know. I don't know how that could possibly work. I suppose we'll find we'll out as we, as we go, won't we? Um, this podcast is mainly, I'd say almost entirely supported by our patrons mm. over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. Yeah. We take questions exclusively from them. And if you'd like to contribute to the show, you can do by supporting us on Patreon. But I believe any tier. Yeah, um, and uh, you'll be able to see the post that we put out weekly, asking for questions, all that kind of stuff. That's correct, any tier. And uh, you know, there are different tiers where you get extra stuff, like access to worst games ever, uh, two years ago, and all sorts of other things like that. So make sure you go check that out. Really That's patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. Team triple jump. We've got a question, Peter. We're straight in. You wanna you wanna hit a well oiled machine. Hit us right off with the bat. East Furious on Patreon asks, What do you guys think about the riot employees walking out? Is this something we can expect more of? So this is something that's happened not only in LA, uh, but also I think in one of the British offices it happened like they're they're at least planning their own walkout. I don't know if they've done it yet, but uh yeah, this is this is something that's going on at Riot. Yeah, so some people may not be overly familiar with with what's going on, and we're not going to get into the specifics of why they're walking out, mm-hmm. but rather the sort of what it what it represents, because yeah. there are specific allegations made by Riot employees against Riot, the company. Yeah, uh, which we won't get into, but it's more sort of I suppose the larger topic of union unionization unionization. Can't even say it. Unionization. Mm. in the video games uh, industry and things like that. So we go to Kotaku now. This story was posted on the 6th of May. It says over 150 discontented Riot Games employees walked out of the League of Legends publishers' offices in Los Angeles today to protest the company's stance on forced arbitration. 
Standing in a parking lot on Riot's campus, employees held picket signs and gave impassioned speeches. We're asking that forced arbitration be ended for all past, current and future Riot employees, including contractors and current litigation, said Jocelyn Monaghan, a social listening strategist at Riot, Ooh. in an interview with Kotaku. It's a good job, job title. title, isn't it? Yeah. I'm a social listening strategist. <laughs> Hello? Speak up? Yeah. That's me. Can you speak strategically, though? Yeah, and socially. <laughs> Standing in front of a sign reading Riot is Unplugged, a play on Riot's internal Riot Unplugged meetings, Monaghan would later tell assembled, assembled colleagues through a megaphone asking to feel safe does not make you entitled. So should we quickly just clarify what forced arbitration actually means? Please do, Peter. Uh, essentially, this is something that I imagine is just written into their contracts, and any company can kind of choose to request that you just do this as part of your contract. It's up to you whether you want to sign it, I suppose. But uh, essentially, it's just a clause that says, in the event of a dispute with the corporation, uh, you, you're, not, you're not really allowed to take it to court. You have to instead go through arbitration, which is, I, I guess it's kind of a sort of a mediation kind of sit down. I mean, it's uh, in this definition that we've got, this is from Wikipedia, right? Uh, no, this is from a, a legal website. A legal website? I can't cite specifically. There, there were lots of... The definition was broadly the same wherever you went. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's why I thought it was the same as the Wikipedia one. But essentially, it means that the company gets to kind of decide how the situation is, is resolved. Even if they're the ones being accused in that situation. Yeah, so if you're saying, oh, I really hate the way you treat us and uh, the way that you dismiss all of our problems, mm -hmm. they can then choose to just have this forum where they essentially dismiss your problems if they want to. Yeah. That's not to say that companies that impose forced arbitration are always bad, and sometimes I'm sure it's handled very well. But Raya, I guess, have decided that the way that they handle their arbitration sessions when there are disputes is not uh, in, in the interests of the employees, and they're, they're no longer happy working under such a condition. No, and I think that's fair enough. It's mm. sort of like if... Peter walked into the office, smashed my mug onto the floor, and and then I said, hey, that's really upsetting. I'm going to go and talk to Adam, our boss, about this. Yeah. And you said, no, actually, in the contract that you signed, you have to come to me to talk about what we're going to do about the mug. And yeah. I get to decide what we're going to do about the mug. You can't go any any higher than where we are now, mm -hmm. legally, contractually, not allowed. Which obviously is messed up in, in many situations. As you said... Uh, probably hashtag not all companies mm. would would behave in the way that Riot are accused of behaving here. But when you're talking specifically about game development, where there are these crazy hours, this ridiculous crunch, there's not a huge amount of job security because when projects end, yeah. swathes of employees get laid off. Mm -hmm. uh, you need better protections. And there aren't, as far as I'm aware, and I really should have looked it up, there really isn't a union structure for video game developers and employees. Right. And so this is, in my opinion, the start of a, of a very good thing because ultimately it shouldn't affect the quality of games. In fact, it should increase the quality of games. It might mean that they take slightly longer to make, but if the yeah, people who are making yeah. them are going mental, exactly. then, you know, we've talked about it briefly with, uh, with, the, with the Anthem development and stuff like mm -hmm. that. You know, these horror stories of people who were just signed off sick with stress and then just never came back because they were like, you know what? It's not worth it. And the hours at Rockstar for uh, Red Dead as well. I'm just going to pull up the uh, what I was reading about them doing it in. I think it was in a Scottish studio, like okay. a, a branch of Riot. But yeah, what do you think? You think this could be the start of something, something more? I think this is a good thing. I, I think a lot of companies are terrified, of, and you know, this this now borders onto an, an almost political mm -hmm. conversation, which I'm hesitant to get into. But I will say that unions largely are not a bad thing, especially when they will represent the rights of uh, sort of uh, workers and employees in, in an industry that they have no protection at yeah. all. Uh, they, they, you know, it will be better for game developers if they're part of a union because then they can't be taken advantage of in this way. And it ultimately will not affect the, the end result largely, I don't think. You know, the consumers, us, should... I feel maybe be a bit sympathetic and empathetic towards the people who are making our games more than, than I'm annoyed that Call of Duty took another four months. Yeah. Like what? People were signed off sick and they're like, you know, it's not it's not worth the trade-off. And 
I feel like walkouts like this are a good thing, mm -hmm. and more of them would be a good thing. And I, I'm glad if if you're if what you're saying is right about how there are more planned. Yeah, uh, I think that's a good thing. I think that can only be a good thing. Definitely, I'm surprised that I've never really thought about the the state of like unions in the video games industry. I never. I just assumed that I guess they probably got unions, but right. I mean, if 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 you think that maybe they don't, that's that's no good thing at all. No, I think um, that's that's part of especially contractors who are brought well, in contractors for like six yeah. months, seven months, and then gone. Um, so I very, very wrongly and erroneously said, yeah. I think I said UK or Britain. It's actually Dublin, which okay. is the Republic of Ireland, not Northern Ireland. I thought it might have been Scotland. Right employees in Dublin are staging their own walkout today. This is according to our oh. friends at Kotaku. They're not our friends. We just use their articles quite We're a lot. We're just big fans. Yeah. Um, on the heels of yesterday's Riot Games walkout at League of Legends publisher Los Angeles headquarters, Riot Games employees in Dublin are staging their own walkout today. Around 18 of the office's employees stood by the street Several holding signs calling for the company to end forced arbitration. Yeah. So, yeah. I think forced arbitration is probably a good place to start, especially with, uh, I think, again, not getting into the accusations, but, you know, there's, there's a, lot of, um, a lot of stuff about a, a sort of a sexist like work culture. Sexism cultures, thing, yeah. Work, work culture, yeah. So, you know, either members of staff being inappropriate and then basically nothing coming of it because the company just decides no we don't want it to go to court we don't want it so to we'll go to court so we out in the office yeah and, and like it along yeah, probably and then the person the, the victim or the accuser has to stay working there anyway, yeah. or leave which is just it's 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 a broken system and it should end mm. really uh, what do you think about potentially this happening more i, I mean I, i'm totally in agreement with you I don't really have anything to add i think uh you know like I say, I never really considered whether or not these people would have been in unions or not. But the idea that they're not is is like you know, I I I, I, do, I I'm all for for people standing up um, and making sure that they're not having to work in uncomfortable conditions. And yeah. uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of large corporations in general. I'm unfortunately I happen to be a user of one of, of plenty <laughs> because that's just the way the world works, and it's. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I guess, slightly hypocritical. You know, I, I buy on Amazon and I have an iPhone. Um, but yeah, I, I'm all for employees and consumers being, trying to take a bit more control into their hands and saying, no, fat cats in the boardroom. Just, just try and think outside the boardroom for a little bit. I want right. to be able to see my children yeah. just once this week, please. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to go home sad to my daughter after I've been sexually, well, not harassed, but uh, I don't know the, the ins and outs. But, you know, I don't want there to be sexism in my workplace. Yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah, I, you know, more power to them, I say. I agree. Yeah. And uh, do let us know what you think. Thinks what you thinks. What's you thinks in the, in the comments? Mm. Thank you very much. Rise up. Find the power. Um, Find the power. We got we got a section, Peter. This is uh, this is a difficult one to explain. Okay. Um, I, I'm struggling. I to, can help you. If yeah. You, if you need, please. What's it called? It's called what we playing. Okay. Well, this is where we talk about what we are playing. So you just need a bit more grammar to Yeah, no, clearly. Well, that's the problem. There's words missing. There's even a letter missing on the mm. end. So I don't know who, who, who named this. It just seems ridiculous. <sighs> it's a big moment, Ben, for is me it? this is week. It? Why is that? I've been talking about it for a long time, for several weeks across the podcast. Yeah. But at long last, I am genuinely actually committed to playing Spider-Man. Oh my goodness, it's happening. I've been playing it. I've played it. I've played several hours of it. Wow, when did you play it? Was it over the weekend or? I've played it a few times. I've played, I've, I've maybe sat down and had maybe four sessions with it now. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. How have you found the time? Well, I don't know. I'm not actually that far into the story because I've just been so distracted oh, by all the... side stuff's great. It is really good. I like it. I'm surprised you fist it in around your sort of evening rambles. Oh, God, yeah. On the moors. Mm. I know how much you love your moor rambles. Well, you have to... It's, it's a mixture of moor rambles and then urban web swinging, you know. <laughs> right. it's, such a, it's so far removed. That's why I enjoy it so much. I suppose so, So yeah. exotic swinging around New York. Take the man out of the moor, but you can't take the moor out of the... Well, you can't web swing on the moors. There's nothing to grab onto. Right. You could in the old Spider-Man games where he just stuck it to the, to the sky. Took it, yeah, where he but, swings from planes and helicopters and stuff. Yeah. You can only get murdered in the moors. That's all you do, really. Well, that's true, it? unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but I'm really, really enjoying it, you know? And I've not even unlocked a whole load of the extra side stuff that I know exists in the game. Like, you can chase the pigeons and stuff. That looks fun. Yeah. Um, the web swing is great. I'd already done a bit of that when we made some videos for it last year. 
Um, but yeah, I'm, I've really got the hang of it now because I, you know, I only got half an hour or an hour of it when we played it, you know, the old office. Mm. But uh, now that I've been able to sit down and pump hours upon hours into it, it's just so satisfying to, you know, do some some fancy leaps. And uh, I've done the uh, what do you call those point point jumps or whatever they're called. You know, the points point leaps where you're swinging yeah. and you land on like a. Like oh, an antenna yeah. or something. Yeah, you launch yourself off. Yeah, a lot of, but yeah. launch point or I know something. What you, I know what you're talking and about. And I've invested in a power where just before you land on a launch point or whatever it's called, mm. if you press X again, the moment that you land, you fire off at like twice the jump speed. Yeah. And, uh, it's fun, isn't it? A lot of the time, it's, it's kind of turned into a GTA thing for me where I'm not going anywhere. I'm just swinging. I'm just, you know, I'm just enjoying hanging around in New York. So nice. it's great. And it looks good. Some of the some of the faces are a bit wink wonk. Mary Jane looks slightly strange. You think? Well, a little bit, relatively. Okay. She, I mean, she looks fine. You think she's to... been blazing it. Yeah, possibly. After her namesake. Yeah, Mary. Just a bit, bit of match. Yeah, just a little bit of Jane. Yeah, um, but for the most part, just really enjoying it. Think mm. it looks great, and uh, I, I need to try and just invest into the story now. It's not that I'm not invested, but I, there's just so much else to do. But uh, yeah, that's that's the next thing is to sit down and do some missions. Missions. Well, I'm glad you're jumping into it, Peter. It's it's a phenomenal game. I'll one tell you of, what, one of my favourites last year. Well, it's it's made me it's made me sort of think because it's it's the first time in a long time that I've just had a game that I'm going back to like every evening or every other evening and putting like two more hours into it. Yeah. And it's kind of making me think like I'm looking forward to finishing this so that then I can keep doing this. You right. Know? It's, uh, it's been a long time since I was just a serial gamer, mm-hmm. um, and I'm looking forward to doing God of War or whatever oh, next. Well, that's Something. the thing. Last year was so good. If you, if you have a PlayStation 4, like, mm. Spider-Man was incredible. I've, I've since played it through a couple of times for trophies and things, and I didn't want it. I've still got it on my... It, I've got a digital version. I've yeah. still got it downloaded. Like I, I don't know when I'd ever play it again, but mm-hmm. I just don't want to delete it. So fun. Um, but yeah, God of War was... God of War was something else last year, mm-hmm. so you've got that very much to look forward to. I have, to. and I, I am looking forward to it very much, yeah. Excellent. Ben, what are you playing? Well, I've now got 100% of uh, the trophies in Borderlands Game of the Year. Well edition. done. So that's, I got the I got the Platinum a little while ago, mm-hmm. but obviously you've got you've also got the DLCs included too. So they don't enforce a Platinum on the DLCs? No. So they could have they done they that this have, time. They, they could have done to. that. The way, they, they break it down now, which is quite nice. So there's, You'll, you'll have your percentage completion for the game and the DLCs. Then you press X on it, and then it breaks it down into the base game, which right. has a platinum, and then the expansion packs mm-hmm. the DLC. Uh, I've done them all, finished them all, 100%, got all, got all the trophies. Uh, that's, that's that ticked off the bucket list. Couldn't kick the, couldn't kick the Borderlands habit, though. No. So I've now jumped straight into Borderlands the pre-sequel mm-hmm. from uh, the Handsome Collection. Uh, which recently received an Ultra HD uh, upgrade pack it did. for free yeah. if you have a, a PS4 Pro, which I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, uh, the, the, the pre-sequel is sort of the red-headed stepchild of the Borderlands series. Okay. Sort of the Batman Arkham Origins slash right. uh, Bioshock 2 yeah. to the Borderlands games, where, they st- where it still has absolutely plenty to offer. The Dark Souls 2. The Dark Souls 2 of the Dark Souls. It's the 2s of everything except Terminator. Exactly, except Borderlands 2 was amazing. Well, yeah. Borderlands uh, 1.5, the pre-sequel, came after Borderlands 2, which is why they called it the Mm. pre-sequel. And it was developed by 2K Australia in association with Gearbox. And um, it's set on the moon, uh, Elpis, which means there's even less gravity. And you you have to have uh, an Oz kit, so you you breathe oxygen and stuff, but you can also do butt slams. Okay. So your Oz kit, not only do you get better ones that give you greater capacity for oxygen, but you can also do a butt slam with various effects. This is news to me that it's set on the moon. I mean, I've not played any of them, but I would have thought that I'm surprised that information has passed me by. You know, like games that you've not played, you still know stuff about them. And it's like, why did I not know that it's set on the moon? (laughs) That's strange. I never truly, really, really liked the pre-sequel. Right. It was still really, it's still really enjoyable. There's a lot of busy work in it, like an awful lot of go over here and put this here and then go all the way back. Mm-hmm. And they do a lot of that, but I've just started it. I, I, I've played as a couple of the classes before, but they've, 
uh, they added various different ones over time. Claptrap is one of the playable characters. And really? my friend is playing as Claptrap. And oh, uh, basically it's just got installed vaulthunter.exe, but it's classed as malware. And when you try to start as Claptrap, it says, are you sure? No, really. Are you really sure? You do know Claptrap, right? You know who Clap... Okay. Yeah. Like, it just makes you go through loads of checkboxes to, if you're really sure. And uh, he's basically got Metronome from Pokemon. I don't know if you're familiar. It's a move where it's it randomly picks any one of any of the moves in the Pokemon games and just right. uses it. So it's totally random. So he's got like... It's like Wabberjack. Sort of, yeah. So he's got completely ra a random select of, of action skills, mm -hmm. one of which is, and most of them do affect your teammates as well. Okay. So one of them is is the Clap Zerker, which is a play on the Gun Zerker from um, Borderlands 2, where he fires loads of bullets. It's They've all got Clap yeah. in some way. And it affects everyone on your team. Mm -hmm. So my friend will do that, and then suddenly I will just, my gun will start firing without me being able to stop it. Right. So I've just got to run around until that finishes basically mm -hmm. so that's a really fun wild card i cannot imagine what it would be like to have a team of four clap traps oh my god that would be insane uh, but i chose the handsome jack body double um to to play as and he's okay. he's a lot of fun because a lot of his quips and a lot of the things he says are based on the fact that he's a student with student like he's got student loans he's graduated but he's got student loans okay. he agreed to be a double for handsome jack and he's trying to be really confident and suave, but doesn't really, like, he's not really there. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's good fun. And uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Like, it's, it's you know, it's no it's no main series entry, Borderlands, but well. it's good fun. I like Borderlands' comfort food. Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying it. I'm looking forward to playing through it properly. Uh, especially coming from Borderlands 1, where I actually paid far more attention to the story this time. Oh, yeah. And this one obviously rolls canonically straight into mm -hmm. it so there's lots of references that before I probably just didn't even pick up on yeah maybe so so oh, that's good yeah pleased to hear it that's what I play in man that's well now we know yeah you sure do should we move straight on to a question yeah then we've got a question here from oh okay your paper's oh. getting away well, I don't want to nudge the mic I'm reaching under it uh, this is from Kristen mm. not Kirsten Osborne yes Kristen would you like to read the question I will I'm a big fan of Sim games, mm. from the older Sim Tower and Sim Safari to farming sims like Harvest Moon and Stardew Valley, to the sillier ones like Viscera Cleanup Detail. Oh yeah. Have you loved any Sim games? Are there any lesser known ones people should know about? If you want to get existential, what do you think drives people to sit around simulating growing turnips or cleaning the floor for fun? Love all your work and love you silly boys. Oh. Thank you, Kristen. Very kind. Um... Do you do you do you like a do you like a simulator? I used to play quite a lot of sim games when I was a bit younger. I played more played more PC back then, mm. um, and uh, I enjoyed Zoo Tycoon one and two. Yeah, uh, they're a lot of fun. Uh, the first sim game I ever played there was on console, and that was Theme Park World on mm. PS One, which was you know not quite as versatile as a PC game, a PC sim game, but. It was okay. You could build like actual roller coaster tracks and stuff, which you know you could like choose where they went rather than just like plonking down, you know, roller coaster dot <laughs> dot building. Did that? Did that come on floppy disks? No, it was on it was on PS One. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, we had a floppy disk one. All oh, right. I can't remember if it was Theme Park World or Roller Coaster Tycoon. Yeah, or, it was one of those two, and uh, that was really complicated to get working. Yeah, they are really pretty standard, tricky, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was fascinated. I think it's because you see you see people playing it competently, and you're like, "That looks awesome! I can have my own theme park." Yeah, amazing. And then you just really badly build. You build a ride in. You don't pay any workers. You don't put any workers in a union, so they're working long hours, and they're forcing them to go through arbitration. And then all the all the money just goes negative. You have to play it on like free play mode because yeah. you, you don't know how to <laughs> play taking the game. out loans because you're like, well, this is how I get more money. I have no concept of loans. Also, a big fan. I think I've briefly mentioned it in a previous podcast. Big fan of Stronghold. Uh, which okay. does count as a sim, a sim game because the subtitle is The Castle Sim. Oh, there you go. Stronghold, The Castle Sim. The Castle Sim. Uh, so that's just a medieval like town builder. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of fun. 
And what was I about to mention? I just thought of one then. Oh, yeah, uh, Theme Hospital. Love that. Yes. Big fan of that. I've still not played, um, what's it called, Two Point Hospital? That yeah, sort of yeah. spiritual successor. That looks good. I've really want to play that. play that. Yeah, but I've not given it a go yet, but I bet that's a lot of fun. Theme Hospital is is one of those ones from uh, the spook, my spook days on PS1, where mm. I was easily spooked by things that sort of seemed a bit too real and frightening. Yeah. Uh, so in, in that class, there's the beginning of Resident Evil 2, where mm. I didn't know how to shoot, and I got eaten by zombies, and that scarred me for weeks. There's the opening of Final Fantasy VII, where it's playing some slightly weird music as Aerith slash Aerith. Yeah, is walking is walking down, picking up the picking up the flowers, and there's like materia glowing around her and stuff like that. That was a bit scary. Didn't mm-hmm. really understand that. And the last one was Theme Hospital, where the intro is actually quite unsettling, isn't it? He starts chopping people up with a with a, saw, a saw, and then bundles the body parts into like a bin or something. And I remember the angle as if you're you're the man being bundled into the yeah. bundled into the bin chute. And that was that the, the the death there was a bit much for me. It's that weird sort of CG FMV stuff as well, where yeah. they're not they're not quite plasticine-y, but they're like the Resident Evil Two. I think the cutscene. Is really scary the opening cutscene, yeah, because they look like sort of wax models that have come to life. See, which that's, that's is that's the level of worse. uncanny valley that I'm uncomfortable with. And in the same, you've sort of reminded me of something that used to really scare me when you mentioned the theme hospital one. There was a, a PS1 game called Death Trap Dungeon, okay. which was like a third person hack and slash thing based on a book by Ian Livingstone. And the intro cutscene, mm-hmm. uh, it showed. You could play as like a male or female hero, and they were in the, the tavern the night before they go into the dungeon, like prepping. Mm. Uh, but while they're in the tavern, it keeps cutting to the dungeon where any competitor can say, I want to take on the dungeon. Right. And there's this like ill prepared, like, he's basically like a boy, but he's in a suit of armor and he like wants to win the treasure. Mm. And he just gets, he, he essentially gets killed in like 10 different ways. Oh, like, gosh. he takes enough like, of a beating where he should have died because of that, he should have died because of that. But he stays alive and makes it on to the next thing. Just as a cautionary tale. Exactly. And then right at the end of the cutscene, he like the door to the tavern opens and he's standing in the doorway and you're like, oh, did he make it? And then he just collapses and there's like ten axes and swords in his back and his face is all blackened because he's been set on fire. Oh, no. It's, and, and it's in that weird, uncanny sort of Wallace and Gromit it's style. Not, it's not quite cartoony enough to be funny. Yeah. But it's it's too real to be... And he screams every time he sees like the next thing come, like there's a T-Rex coming at him, he goes like, ah! <laughs> in, like a weird teenage kind of scream. And it oh, it used to really creep me out. I thought, oh, that could be me. It could be. You're you're next, Peter. Yeah. Yeah, no, I did, those those games really got me. But in terms of Sims. Sims, we're back on Sims. Stardew Valley. Oh, I played course. that non-stop for about two or three months. Like every every evening I'd play some. I'd have weekends where Heating was too expensive, so I would just sit under a duvet all weekend and just play Stardew Valley. Like, and I don't know what it is. Like, it, again, as as Kristen said, if you want to get existential about it, like, mm. why why do people why do people do that? Why do people commit to like routines in video games? I mean, at least Stardew Valley is a bit more visually appealing. But like simulating growing turnips, it didn't make me think of Stardew Valley. It made me think of farming sim, which really is just driving a tractor oh up God, and down yeah. a field. But people do do that, and they really enjoy it. Or like trucking simulators, where you're just on the road. And yeah. it's not even nice country lanes, like beautifully rendered in a sort of everybody's gone to the rapture kind of Unrealistic style. Unrealistic traffic. Or... No, it's just it's just boring, like, European motorways, you know? With tree dot PNG. Exactly. Over and over again. But yeah, for I some don't... reason... You know, they, they just chill people out, I guess. Uh, yeah, I suppose. I don't get the proper hardcore sim games. I think, obviously, the... The joke games, you know, well, yeah. Ghost Simulator, that's that's obviously parodying the whole thing, which is part of the point here, is that they are, on the face of it, very tedious. But you're right, I think games like Harvest Moon and Stardew Valley, both of which I really like, mm. um, are, are largely because you do feel like you're actually achieving something yeah. in the game. It doesn't feel pointless. Uh, to a lesser extent, Persona as well, especially, you know, the Persona 5 and Persona 4, you're basically managing this this schoolboy or schoolgirl's free time. Yeah. And you've got to go to class, you've got to, uh, you know, you can go fishing, you can go hang out with your friends and stuff. It's just part of the game, but it feels like it's weird, isn't it? Like on the yeah. face of it, it's very strange. But it makes me think, it's not a sim game, but it makes me think of Minecraft, particularly like the pre-Microsoft days, before there was an end or a boss. Like there was no Ender Dragon, 
there weren't necessarily, you know, even go, going back to before there were structures and villages, like people would play that game, single player, for what? Like, you're gathering resources so that you can build stuff to gather resources. Like, there's no, there's no end goal, but for some reason it's just very, I think it's quite therapeutic and, uh, yeah, quite calming. I used to just listen to podcasts and, like, play Minecraft. Yeah. And sometimes now when I listen back to those podcasts, at, like, the very moment they're talking about something or, like, you know, doing an anecdote, it reminds me, oh, yeah, I was building a tree farm when I first <laughs> listened to this. So I, I think there is a calming element to playing, like, trucking sims and uh, farming sim and stuff like that. But yeah. Yeah. There's all kinds of reasons to play games like that. Mm-hmm. Stardew Valley's so good. Yeah. So, so pretty. Good. Very pretty. <sighs> it's a bit weird, though. Well, yeah. But there's that uh, Witches and Wizards one coming up, isn't there, as well? It's, it's there is. Like made by the same guy, Jonathan Blood. Chucklefish, I'm not sure. One of those guys, but yeah, that'd be good. Not sure. The reason I called it weird, Peter, it was meant to be a subtle transition, but we went back to talking about the thing anyway. This oh, weird. I see. Did, did it seem a bit strange the way that you said did that? Did it seem strange or yeah, did it, it seem, seem bit, did it seem kind of out of place? What, did it seem it weird? A bit, a bit, bit, bit weird. Weird news. Weird news, man. Weird news. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Weird news time, Peter. It's weird news time mm-hmm. where we each bring a piece of weird news along to discuss. To talk. What? Um, what have you got for me today? Ben, this is from... Uh, have a guess. Is it from Kotaku? It is from Kotaku.co.uk. Microsoft's official examples of acceptable trash talk are a joy. Oh, wow. This is written by Luke Plunkett at Kotaku. There's nothing like legalizing and strictly mandating fun isn't yeah it? exactly follow the fun handbook i'm sure everyone who reads this will now go forward and and just rein in their trash talk and do it by the book definitely i'm gonna try to what, what have they got for me microsoft updated the company's community standards for xbox earlier this week and while this is normally not news the content is so damn wholesome that it's worth a closer look You can read the whole thing here, and I genuinely recommend you do. The company has gone way beyond simply listing rules you should follow and has provided a ton of examples of not just what you shouldn't be doing on Xbox Live, but what you could be doing (laughs) if you want to be a cool and fun person to be around. Okay. Um, So uh, I'll sort of skip ahead. Uh, To help make things even clearer, there's also a long list of examples of trash talk, and I love them even more in a 90s educational instructional instructional video kind of way. Instead of saying F-U-C, why don't you say... Well, this is the thing. Kindly leave me alone, sir. It's not just a list of things you should say, but they're like... They're like for like, so it's got like a bad version and then a reworded but very similar good version. So have the they same. listed actual swears in here, or is it just aggressive and slightly less aggressive? Uh, they've they've sort of left out the swears but shown where they would be. Okay. So, yeah. uh, instead of saying, get sexual threat, 
Can't believe you thought you were on my level. I don't know if that's get effed or something worse. Yeah. Um, so they actually put sexual threat. Get sexual threat. Can't believe you thought you were on my level. Instead of saying that, you should say, get destroyed. <laughs> Can't believe you thought you were on my level. Oh, this is, this is like a bad rewrite of, for like a Christian market. Yeah, it is. Hey, profanity. That was some serious potato aim. Get wrecked, trash. <laughs> Instead of saying that, just say, that was some serious potato aim. Get wrecked. Right. But not, not trash, apparently. Potato aim. Potato aim. Wow. Instead of saying, only reason you went positive was you spent all game camping. KYS, kid. What's KYS? Kill yourself. Oh, oh goodness me. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know that. Well, there you go. I've seen people write it out in full. I didn't know it now had an abbreviation. Yeah. It's being used so often. Instead of saying that, just say, only reason you went positive was you spent all game camping. Try again, kid. <laughs> all right, Han. It's constructive, isn't it? Yeah. Try again, not kill yourself. Give it another go, kid. Instead of saying, cheap win, totally expected from a racial slur. Whoa! <laughs> Instead of saying that, yeah. just say, cheap win. Come at me when you can actually drive without running cars off the road. What? I mean, aren't so you supposed to run cars off the road? In... Is that specifically for a racing game? There's no context given there. What if, you, what if you're playing COD? I mean, they've gone from racial to just racing, I think. Oh, they... right, so it's racism to race, racing. A racing slur. Um, I'm not really sure what's... Weird. But uh, surely in some driving games, you're supposed to run cars off the road. Run each other off the road. Yeah. Burnout, for example, yeah. Come at me when you can actually drive without running cars off the road. Uh, And instead of saying, you suck, get out of my country, maybe they'll... (laughs) Whoa, whoa, hang on. What an escalation. I know. Instead of saying, you suck, get out of my country, maybe they'll let you back in when your KD's over one. Say... That sucked. Not you sucked, apparently. <laughs> Say, that sucked, get good, and then come back when your KD's over one. That's such a we- These are so weirdly specific. I feel like the person who wrote this has been playing online and just making notes. Yeah. Based on the insults they were given. thing is, you don't get that on, on, on PlayStation Network. Do you want to know why? Why? Because nobody has a bloody microphone. Nobody wants to talk to each other. <laughs> yeah, people, that's true. I'm probably not even on Xbox anymore. I don't think there is much trash talking in, in games on console anyway anymore. No, I guess not. I think a lot of people don't tend to talk on console anymore. Even on Fortnite. That. Yeah. There are, every other person playing Fortnite is streaming it, so yeah. they're not talking to each other. Kotaku's Luke goes on to say, Of course, feel free to mix and match to create your own acceptable insults, such as cheap wing kid, though you're not on my level, get wrecked. See? Easy. Good. Yeah, no, there's loads of options. Thank you, Luke, at Kotaku, for those examples of how to trash talk like a cool and fun player. Like a great guy. According to Microsoft Xbox. Wow. Thank you, Peter. You're welcome. That was a bit weird, wasn't it? That was quite weird. Bit weird. This one is is probably slightly less weird. I've had this one since last week, and Mm. I just I so I could have looked for fresher, fresher, weirder news. Okay. This is now olds again. So the second consecutive week of olds. This comes from uh, 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 from Luke on Kotaku. Um, Is it the same Luke? Probably. I I think he may. uh, The thing about Kotaku is that there's a lot of these uh, so-called blog posts where they're not news stories, Mm. but they're still on the front page. They're just like little bits and pieces that their various either freelancers or staff writers pick up and just post about. Yeah. And I think he's a prolific, like, poop poster, where he just... <laughs> I'm, I'm hesitant to use the naughty word after what Microsoft taught me. No, I think he's supposed to say uh, uh, stuff poster. Oh, stuff poster. The S word, yeah. Yeah, because poop implies it's bad, which isn't nice. No. And that's not what I mean either. I just mean he just picks the, the weirdest stuff he can find and just posts about it. Okay, so Skyrim, right? You remember Skyrim? Uh, you mean the, the multi, 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 multi-platform game, Skyrim? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Now it's, available on Amazon Echo. It's back practically a grandfather now. It's going to be on the PlayStation 7 through 9. Yeah. It'll always be with us forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about you, but I tend to find that video games are, God, I just don't have time for them. Even when I'm right. at home looking at them with nothing else to do. I just don't have time for them. Mm-hmm. Introducing Skytrek. 
Skytrek is a mod that allows you to have a more hands-off experience so that you can enjoy the aesthetic of your game, or immersively have your character behave in an organic way while you eat lunch. It is made primarily for role players, something called screen archers, whatever that is, and anyone that records gameplay. Skytrek allows the player character to travel on foot, horse, or dragon to either a set or radiant destination of their choice. The radiant system is custom made and can work out of the box with any mod added location or world, provided it is correctly keyworded. There is also an automated combat system for use while traveling with optional shouting and class system. And there is a life toggle, which will turn your player into an AI-controlled NPC where they just wander around town, on a schedule, of course, at a slow pace. There is a mod that plays Skyrim for you. Wait, what? So Also, what's the Sky Archer? What did you say? Screen screen archer. A screen archer? I don't know what a screen archer is. I'm going to have to Google that. That's, that's intrigued me. It's intrigued me as well. I so, wondered for a week and not looked it up. Yeah. So. So this this is like a fast travel thing, but instead of fast traveling, it it sent. Well, I, I know there's also it lives your life for you, but it yeah. also so it will travel you to a destination, but mm -hmm. it will walk you there, yeah. and it will actually sort of do the fighting for you. Yes. So if you're a role player and you're playing a game where you don't want to, some people don't want to do fast travel because they're like, oh, it's, it's not realistic. Right. So I would walk everywhere I want to go, mm -hmm. but you don't actually want to physically do it. No. That's basically just fast travel, isn't it? Just with extra steps. Yeah, it is. It's fast travel with extra it's steps. slow travel, but automated. But this this mod will play mine, Minecraft. <laughs> it will play Skyrim for you. Right. So you don't even have to play it anymore. You can just switch this on. Your guy will toddle around. He'll kill things. He will walk places. Or, or you can turn on life mode where he just follows a schedule. And he like goes home and eats just like an NPC. Mm -hmm. And you just watch. Just right. watch him. Just watch him behave, however, but, however he or she wants. To. Why wouldn't you just like watch Game of Thrones or something? I mean, people cost money, I suppose. Yeah, that's I mean, a free mod. Exactly. Depends if you wanna if you wanna steal Game of Thrones like the rest of us. I think I've established what a screen archer is. Yeah, it's someone who just goes around taking screenshots. A screen archer, like an archer. Oh, like sh like shots. Oh, they take so shots. they like put together galleries of really high quality. Yeah, I think they're just sort of like sort of artists. Um, that sounds like a pretty zen kind of hobby. Maybe I'll take up screen arching. Screen arching does sound pretty nice, doesn't it? Yeah, that can go in with our with our sim question from the start of the show. Yeah. So if you want it, it's called uh, it's called Sky Trek. Don't think I need on that on PC. I and, don't know why uh, you need that as a screen archer. Why why. Why wouldn't you compose the shots yourself? Yeah. Maybe it's just inspiration. Right. It sets up random things for you and you just go, oh, that's nice. Mm. Turn off life mode for a second. Hang on, let me pull you out of your life you've set up. It's me, God. God. I just need to take Jeez. a photo. Wow, that's, uh, yeah. that, that's bizarre. That is a weird news it right there. A, it's, a weird, it's, a, it's a weird one. Um, yeah. That's it. That's that's what I got for you, I'm afraid. I will take an extra 60 seconds of the weird news segment by saying that what I nearly brought before I found my Microsoft story, yeah. um, and I think we can just do a, a short comment on it each, is an update to our big discussion last week, yeah. which is that Sonic is now being redesigned, yes. allegedly. Oh, so this came out as soon as we had recorded the podcast, so yeah. I just had to stick an update in the description. Right. That's a, that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, lots of people saying, oh, well, was it all? Was it their plan all along, you know, to sort mm. of release something? No. It was a bit Clearly, dangerous, I think. Well, yeah, not only is it dangerous, but the amount of time and money that mm. goes into putting together that much pre-release stuff, like, no, of course not. No. Um, who knows what the redesign will look like? Who knows how long it will take? Yeah. But, hey, everybody's talking about There's it. There's another case of, of what we are saying with, the, with question one today, which is that, you know, if people actually speak up enough, sometimes things get done. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and it was slightly different to sexism in the workplace. but um, Just a little bit. But, uh, you know, it's still, it's still a case in point of uh, it can, you can actually have an effect by banding together and stuff. Stand up for what you believe in. Yeah, like, absolutely. You know, taking the soul away from Sonic's eyes. Mm. Don't want to see it. Taking the teeth out of his mouth. Don't please. want it. Take it away. Question Ooh. three, Peter. Yes. Who we got? This is from Rexy Adar. Possibly Adar. Adar. I'm not sure. Uh, how important, Ben, yeah. is good voice acting to you? I know some people who are fine with the characters just sounding like someone is reading from a script, but I feel like the voice acting can make or break a game. How about you? Also, do you have a favourite voice actor? 
I've got one opinion on this that I want to start with. Yeah. I've, I've listed, listed some some good voice actors who we know and love, but um, I, for some reason, have a bit of a problem with Patrick Stewart. Okay, what's your Sir, problem? What's your problem with Sir Patrick? Sir Stewart? Patrick Stewart. Now, I don't like James Corden either, right? Okay. But there was that time. Do you remember where James Corden was hosting an award ceremony? So he was the host throughout the night. Uh, this was like, this was kind of before he made it in America, I think. And uh, Patrick Stewart was going to announce one of the award winners. So you know they bring out a celebrity for like each category or whatever, mm-hmm. and they go, oh, then the winner is Patrick Stewart came out and was drunk and uh, had a go at James Corden um, and was just saying like, I could see your belly from the back. Um, okay. At one point he says, I just want to have a word with them. Is it is it James? Is that is it James? And everyone was like, "Oh my god!" And this was before, like I say, it was kind of before he was right. as famous as he is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, "Yeah, um, when you're hosting a ceremony like this, don't stand at the back with your arms folded, like you want to be somewhere different." And there's this really awkward exchange where Patrick Stewart is just pissed, basically, oh, no. and it's just having a go at James Corden. And they've they've apparently made up. They did some sketch on some some show where like. Uh, Patrick Stewart was going, I'm really sorry, James, I was drunk and stuff like that. And, you know, it's all it's all blown over now. Okay. But since then, I've just never been able to look at Patrick Stewart without thinking, God, you're an arsehole. Oh, well, he was a drunk boy. He was a drunk boy, I know. And we all, we all get drunk boys sometimes and yeah. say silly things, but not necessarily on stage at an award ceremony. So what's the, what's your, what's so your point about voice acting? I don't like it when Patrick Stewart, Stewart is engaged. prolific vo- video game voice actor. He was uh, the emperor in Oblivion. He was. He was in a game called Demon, not, uh, called Demon, Demon Stone that I like. He was in Castlevania Lords of Shadow. He was in that, yeah. And I hear his voice now, and I'm like, oh, it's that asshole. Oh no, that's real. That's a real shame. Maybe we can get Patrick Stewart to apologise to you. Yeah, maybe because you're clearly the one who's been wronged here. I, I kind of feel that way. Like I should, I should be able to get over it, really. So Pat Stewart, given that him and James Corden have made up and they're fine now, and yeah. you know, and also it's James Corden. I know, I know. It's it to me. It was like it could have been anyone. You know, uh, you're right. It, it was James Corden. To you, it was you. But to me, you it was me. It could, it could have been me. It could have been like some national treasure, not James Corden. Is it? Uh... Is it Peter? Is that yeah? Peter? They do not want your comments, Peter. Obviously. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Don't been fold me. your arms. So when I hear when I hear Patrick Stewart, I'm like, oh yeah, it's that guy who got drunk and uh, you know just like said some some stupid stuff on stage. I've kind of discounted like his entire career up to and beyond that point, and <laughs> I'm just towering him with the brush of one night. Well, let's really. see if everybody tweet at Sir Patrick Stewart on Twitter, see oh if we God. can get Peter and the apology he needs. No, don't do that. Uh, anyway, Troy Baker's pretty good, isn't he? Troy Baker's uh, pretty good. Voice no acting is vital. Voice acting is so important now, more so than it's ever been. Mm. Depends on the kind of game, obviously, because you've got amazing indie games that don't need voice acting, and some games just in general. I mean, I can't really name any off the top of my head, but if it's, if it's a good enough game... Uh, and it's by its art style and and its uh, sort of design choices. It doesn't necessarily need voice acting. Mm-hmm. But if you're gonna have a game that at least attempts, at least attempts the sort of themes seen in these AAA, especially PlayStation releases, exclusive releases and stuff, you cannot have subpar voice acting. You just you, no, you just can't have it anymore. It well, they replace people nowadays, don't they? When there's like complaints, like Peter Dinklage got removed. He did, and Nolan uh, North from... got popped in. Yeah, was, yeah, that's right. I that mean, Wizard came from the moon. He's on my list. He's on my list of uh, of good boys: Troy Baker and Nolan North. Yeah, um, Jennifer Hale, right? Yeah, she's prolific. I think she's got the Guinness World Record for most she's female in everything. I think that's. I'm not even joking. I think she has actually got a Guinness World Record for most. Uh, video game voice acting roles yeah. for, a, for a lady. Um, she was in um, Jedi Academy. I always played as a female, you could play as a male or female character and she was female, female Jaden. She was also Femme Shep as well in Mass yeah. Effect. She was. Among other things, I've made a note here saying Laura Bailey. Oh yeah. She's also in loads of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm now Googling her because I just totally forgot everything she did. Jennifer Hell was also in a PC game called Sacrifice, which is kind of it's like weirdly obscure, except it's always in like the top 100 PC games of all time. It's weird. Like no one knows what it is, but it's like critically acclaimed. And uh, she was alongside like Tim Curry 
and and people like that. You know, uh, it was a really good voice cast. So that was a good game. Yeah, she's she's done all sorts. Yeah. Um, there's there's load. I mean, I'm I'm just I'm just scrolling endlessly now. Like just there's Laura there's, Bailey. There's so much. She was Rain in Blood Rain. Oh for yeah. Example. Uh, this guy uh, Tales of Vesperia. She was in Persona Four. Mm-hmm. Um, Street Fighter Four. Uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen. Near Quantum Theory. Fallout New Vegas. The Sims Medieval. Oh yeah. Resistance Three loads. Like that's the thing that you 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 tend to find if you look at a game that you really like, and and if you look up any of the characters, and then you go to another game you like, and you look up the characters again, it's a good chance you'll see a lot of crossover. These yeah. these peoples are so talented, and we've come an awful awful long way from uh, Resident Evil. <laughs> uh, we have chill. You're almost a Jill sandwich. <laughs> I don't think the line is Jill. Jill. You are almost a Jill, Jill. sandwich. But yeah, you are almost a Jill. Jill. Let's Jill. try to find it first, shall we? Uh, we're working on a list currently. Ten things you didn't know about Resident Evil. And mm. there's, uh, there's a little bit of uh, snip, snippet, snippet, tidbit information in there about uh, the voice acting process and why it was so weird. I think I know this. Do you? You're going to ruin the list. Well, I don't know because I don't know if I'm right or not. Well, I think you should... say it, and then I will. It'll open... be like a teaser for the for the list. Okay, I'll say maybe if you're if you're on. Is it something to do with they just hired people locally in like where they were recording or something or where they were developing? They were just sort of like local acting guild kind of sort of almost nobodies. That might be true. And that they also had such a bad, such low levels of resources that sometimes if a take went, but I think they only had enough like tape or like storage for like mm. one and a half takes so like yeah. every other time they screwed up one of those has to remain you're close yeah you're very close something like that find out the, the true answer the true soon. answer soon mm. on triple jump yeah voice acting very important very important very important mm. and actually i really dislike games where there's not voice acting it, it gets my goat now does it well it depends on the genre but if it's like a, a proper you know, an, an, an FPS or a, a third-person RPG. I really like Dragon's Dogma, but the main character doesn't speak all the way through no, the game. No, he doesn't. And it's really weird when you're going in and, like, talking to the king and, like, people are just speaking for you. And it... It's the same in Metro. Metro, mm-hmm. it, it especially felt weird in Metro Exodus because there's way more dialogue and character interaction, which yeah. is also where it sort of fell down because the character interaction was not great. Anyway. I don't understand why that why they do uh, that. Well, the thing is, he speaks in the in the loading screens. Right. The main character speaks in the loading screens. He narrates it, and then people will come up to you and go, "Come on, Adrian, how do you feel about this?" Uh, staying quiet, are you? It's like you've literally never heard him talk. You, I don't know why people are just so unfussed. Like, hey, who goes there? And you just walk out. You say nothing. You and they shot. still don't shoot you. It's, it's just, it, it really takes you out of the experience. It's okay for games not to have voice acting, but it has to be done. It has to be done right. It has to be consistent. If you're yeah. going to have everyone talk just by a text, that's okay. Stupid. But don't just have one mute character who never speaks. And Stupid. everyone reacts as if they can hear him. Yeah. And it's not weird. Yeah, I don't, don't understand. Peeps. It's time for an enormous oh, discussion. Oh, God, it's huge. Ah. Big discussion time. Peter, this one comes from Big Nick Carter. An aptly named. On... Patreon. Big Nick Carter. As Persona 5's Joker has joined the Super Smash Bros. roster, Cuphead has made it to the Switch, and Phoenix Wright is now on Xbox and PlayStation, the term console exclusivity is seeing its own lines blurred as we head towards the next generation. My question is, what do Team Triple Jump think is the future for console-exclusive games? Will we see Mario on an Xbox, or Nathan Drake on a Switch? How do you think Google Stadia fits into this? No, we will not see Mario on an Xbox. And you won't see Nathan Drake. You almost certainly will not see Nathan... No, you won't see Nathan Drake on a Switch. Uh, I mean, the one thing... We we mentioned this last week as well. The one thing where this could be interesting is that if Xbox and Nintendo are starting to uh, cuddle behind the bike sheds a little bit, we might see rare characters return to Nintendo, which would be lovely. I think we spoke about this in our Patreon chat. 
and speak about it on the podcast. Oh goodness! Yeah. Oh well, there you go. It's a slight, slight, slight rehash of a conversation we've had off podcast. Oh, you need to, you need to get in on those Patreon chats if you want those sort of hot takes. Do you want to give a little bit of context then? Yeah, well, it's it's essentially just with the likes of uh, 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 Joker being in. Oh no, not Joe. What's uh, what's moved over? Oh yeah, it's the Cuphead. Yeah, yeah. Cuphead to Switch. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it appears that Microsoft and uh, Nintendo, I was about to say Netflix, are kind of getting a bit more pally, yeah, getting a, sort of swapping, swapping cards, saying got, 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 need, tiny bit, yeah. And uh, Microsoft, as you may know, are the current holders of Rare, mm-hmm. which are essentially the only sort of iconic characters of Nintendo's days of old that Nintendo don't still own. Yeah. Um, and for that reason, you don't get... Uh, let's see, Banjo in Smash. Um, there's not been a Diddy Kong Racing sequel, uh, which because I think although they own Donkey Kong, I think Diddy Kong Racing is a rare game. And I don't really. In fact, why do they own Donkey Kong? I guess he predates Rare, doesn't he, as a character? But um, yeah, there's a whole host of uh, characters, Conker as well. Yeah. Um, who are well Banjo? known? Banjo. Yeah, I mentioned Banjo. Yeah. Who are, who are well known for their exploits on Nintendo consoles, N64 particularly, yeah. who uh, people would love to see on, on Smash. Um, and um, they'd just love to see sequels in general, I think, back on home turf. Um, so it would be nice if Microsoft and Nintendo get pally again and they want to sort of start handing over some rare characters. Yeah. Um, there is a big difference between a third-party exclusive and a first-party exclusive. I mm. will say that. Um, you know, Cuphead was not developed by Microsoft. It was developed for Microsoft yeah. uh, by a company that I don't think Microsoft owns. So, especially with Persona 5 characters showing up on Switch, that's a similar deal where, you know, it's it's owned and published, at least in the UK, I think, by Deep Silver Persona 5, right. I believe. But elsewhere, I believe... I think it's just a variety of different publishers. It's certainly not developed... By Sony and PlayStation. Published by, yeah. It's not published by PlayStation either. There was just an exclusivity agreement. As for Uncharted, as for Mario, as for Master Chief, mm. you know, you're not going to see these. I know this, the, the the famous Xbox franchise is not called Master Chief, but I just started naming main characters. Um, you're not going to see those pop up anywhere else because those are owned entirely by their respective companies, and yeah. they would be mad to put them elsewhere. Well, that's the thing. I think particularly with Xbox versus PlayStation at the moment, like one of the only things separating the two is the exclusives. You know, technologically speaking, they're not particularly far apart. I know there's the odd sort of, this has got that and that's got the other sort there's of thing. There's some flips and flops and bites. Yeah, there? yeah, the odd, the odd thing. But um, for the most part, when people, or certainly when people ask me what console should I get, and people do ask me occasionally on Twitter and ask, ask the, the pair of us, I think, mm. um, I say, well, it depends what exclusives you want to play. That's my answer every time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the first party exclusives are really the ones that I think sell PlayStation above Xbox. It's increasingly moving that way, especially as the consoles offer less and less in terms of what you can do on them. You know, they're both home media boxes yeah, exactly. you can get all the apps you can connect to the internet you can watch porn on a terrible web browser you know if you want to do that you can do that yeah but it's about the games and if you you know if you you're right if, if that's what you're after then the the choice is the choice is yours really mm-hmm. uh, but it makes the choice a little bit easier i like to think and these games are probably not going to go anywhere as far as where google stadia fits in well that's the interesting thing about google stadia is that currently they've got a whole lot of money and a platform that may not really work because it's all streaming. And so not everyone's going to be able to use it for a long time. And those who do, they best be looked after. Otherwise, they're not going to bother. Yeah, and at the moment, it it seems like they were really trying to, you know, get get pally with... um... You know, third-party publishers. Yeah. So you know, I I didn't, I've not really read or or seen or heard anything about them. Sort of going, hey, Sony, you want to stick, you want to stick God of War two on uh, on Stadia. They're more yeah. like, you know, they had Ubisoft there, for example, mm-hmm. um, and you know, they're saying, hey, you know, those games that you put out on all the consoles, you should put them out on Stadia too. So I think that's at the moment that's where it fits in. Um, you know, this it, it doesn't really have a place in the exclusives war for now. 
you're far more likely to see something like Cuphead on there or maybe even Persona 5 on there at some point. Like mm. it's, it's unlikely because it would make more sense for that to go to something like Switch. But Google's got enough money to make third-party exclusives less exclusive. Yeah. First-party exclusives, highly unlikely you'll ever see those anywhere else. Um, but Google obviously have opened up their own internal development studio mm. and they really need their own sort of killer IP that you can only get on Google Stadia. Yeah. And then, you know, you might as well ask, well, how long until we see uh, Jugs the the, the, the hip-hop Goog, Goog Dude Frog on PlayStation? When are we going to see Goog Dude on, on PlayStation? Is that okay? Goog I don't sounds know. Like, it sounds, sounds, sounds bad, really isn't it? Bad. Let's not say it anymore. No. People know that we didn't mean anything by that. Um, but, yeah. First-party exclusives and third-party exclusives are completely different things. It'll be interesting to see where the relationship between Xbox and Nintendo goes, mm-hmm. uh, because that you know there's there's rumours that Xbox are actually helping out Nintendo with the plumbing of a more powerful version of the Switch yeah. and things like that. So the more collaboration there is there, the more likely you are to see these rare potential rare characters being licensed out to Nintendo, mm-hmm. things like that. Kind of like if you're talking films. Spider-Man, you know, Sony doing a, a deal with, with Disney to yeah. allow Spider-Man to appear in the Avengers and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But I, I don't think you'd ever see... <clears throat> excuse me. I don't think you'd ever see Nathan Drake on, on Google, for example. No, I don't think so. And you certainly won't be seeing him on, uh, on Nintendo and Xbox. And you won't be seeing Master Chief, you know. It's even like... It kind of reminds me of, um, you know, with the Soul Calibur games, when they have guest fighters. Yeah. Uh, that's a multi-platform series... Uh, but Soul Calibur, I think it was Soul Calibur 3, depending on which, or 2 as well, but depending on which platform you bought it on, the bonus character was different because of, like, kind of first-party rights and stuff. Mm-hmm. So Spawn was on place on, on the PlayStation, no, on the Xbox version, Spawn. Yeah. Um, there was Link on, like, some Nintendo version of it, I think. Mm-hmm. And then Heihachi, I think, uh. was on a PlayStation version. I, I might be getting different Soul Calibur 2 and 3 mixed up. But yeah, there were various kind of first-party characters in there, but only on that actual platform. So they weren't all shared amongst each other. Happened in uh, Monster Hunter World as well. You oh, yeah. Uh, Aloy in uh, Monster Hunter, but mm-hmm. you also had Geralt in Monster Hunter yeah. as well. Um, so yeah, there's 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 lots of potential for cross promotion, but usually that would be kept within the ecosystem, especially if they were a first party character. They'd be kept within the ecosystem of. I think Master Chief console. has been in one as well, but only on Xbox. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it, it varies really. It, it will it will vary, but as we've said, you're not unless something goes horribly wrong for one of these companies and they get bought out, which is unlikely given that Nintendo is doing it has been doing what it's been doing for so long and has survived for so long. Microsoft obviously is not just Xbox. It is yeah. way more than that. And the same goes for Sony as well, with their music, films, all of their the hardware that they that they produce. Mm-hmm. You know, there's these companies are perhaps better suited than any companies previously, especially all the ones that we saw die off and fall away in the nineties and early two thousands. you know, they're they're better off than those in, in terms of survivability. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And they established top dogs. You know, it was it was a dog eat dog world in the nineties. You know, companies were coming in and going out and eating each other, eating each other. Dogs. So you never knew what was going to happen. But they've been at the top of the game for so long now that it's highly unlikely they're going anywhere. No, they don't. They don't need to start sort of kind of selling their characters in a way. You know, no. There's, there's no need for them to go. Yeah, all right. Yeah, please use Nathan Drake because no one's buying Uncharted anymore, and we want people to. We want to renew interest. Yeah, yeah. So at the moment, I don't think the lines are as blurred as it kind of appears with exclusivity. Like you say, it's more of a third-party thing, which is less less significant in a way. Usually timed as well. Mm. You know, yeah, Mass Effect Two made it to PlayStation in the end, mm-hmm. uh, even though Mass Effect One didn't, and then Mass Effect One made it to to PlayStation as well, mm-hmm. but way later, yeah. even though that was published by Microsoft. So. Yeah. Those things happen. But uh, let us know what you think of all this in the comments below. Let us know what you think of everything we've discussed today in the comments below. What do you what do you make of it? What do you make of all the happenings of this week? Opinions. Post them in their dr- drones. In the opinion holes, yes. please. Peepter. Mm-hmm. Where can people find us? You can find us at Team Triple Jump on whatever you can think of. Oh. We're on the YouTube. 
We're on Twitch. We're on Twitter and Facebook, all at Team Triple Jump. We're on your fridge. Mm. We're on your microwave. Oh. We're on the, your left slipper. We've not moved to the right slipper yet. Oh, soon. But, um, yeah, we're on the way. Mm. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. We've got all kinds of rewards. If you donate anything, like $1 minimum, uh, you can ask questions for this very podcast. If you donate $5, I believe, or more, you get Worst Games Ever, two days early. And then there's all kinds of other exciting rewards going forward from uh, extra tiers above that. Mm. Like um, the chat that we mentioned earlier, where we have a a monthly voice chat with people. Uh, This month we're doing it twice, aren't we, to make up for lost time. Um, The podcast that you're listening to right now or watching on the YouTube is at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump nice and our website is triplejer.mup and the other way you can support us is there too outside of Patreon which is our shop yes if you put forward slash shop on the end of that URL you'll go to the shop my name is URL mm. and you can get shirts and hoodies and a swimsuit and a, and a muge and some pillows and all sorts of other things there's loads of stuff there please buy them do it Finally, if you'd like to follow us directly, you can do on Instagram at that Peter Austin at Ben Potter twenty and on Twitter at that Peter Austin and at Confused underscore Dude lists every Tuesday and Thursdays streams every Monday, Tuesday and Thursdays. Thursday being on YouTube, the yes. other two days being on Twitch. Oh, you're absolutely right. Pay attention to our Twitter for more information on when we're going live and all that sort of stuff. Usually 3 p.m. UK time, whether that's BST or GMT. Uh, That's usually when we're going live. Uh, Worst Games is fortnightly. Next week. So next week you'll have a Worst Games, and if you're a Patreon Patreon supporter at a certain tier, you'll get it on Friday. Yes, you will. And finally, the podcast is every Saturday. Mm. Look forward to that too. Peter, mm. thank you for joining me this thank week. Thank you for joining me this week. Thank you, Billy and uh, uh, Dick Mychinko. Yes, if you're watching the video, they're, they're always there. Our guardian's looking after us here on the front of the desk, the, the, uh, the podcast desk. Mm. The pod desk. Ever vigilant, always watching, ready for action. Yeah. Thank you for listening, everybody at home. Have a, have a lovely rest of your weekend, and we will speak to you again next week. It's be well. Bye! Bye! Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.